0: Well, good morning. I hope you enjoyed last week's message about Abraham and Isaac. We talked about, really, Abraham having a great faith, and of course he did. Abraham trusted God greatly in that story, but, you know, we don't really ever too much talk about Isaac's faith. Uh, you got to think that, uh, you know, as Isaac was going up the hill carrying his own wood for his own fire, that he started kind of having questions in his head. And you would almost have to think that once the the fire's built and his hands are bound, he he would have asked hey let 's let 's think this through and see what 's going to happen. But uh, the story turned out great so uh, this week, uh, oh, just to mention uh, i 'm recording this on Wednesday afternoon like we always do, so Matt can do his magic to our recording and get it all ready to broadcast on Sunday. Uh, exciting things are going on in the building. We've removed all the pews and the carpeting. And they're in there today actually doing diamond grinding on the floor. So if you hear a little noise, we're just going to say that's the background of the saws in today's story. So uh, just let that image soak into you as you hear this today. But we're going to talk about Noah today. It's a long scripture passage. I've pulled some of it out. Uh, but so today Noah is our man of crazy faith. So let's just dive in in Genesis, beginning in chapter 6, and we're going to go through a little more than that. Genesis 6, 1. When mankind began to multiply on the earth and daughters were born to them, the sons of God saw that the daughters of mankind were beautiful, and they took any they chose as wives for themselves. And the Lord said, my spirit will not remain with mankind forever because they are corrupt. Their days will be 120 years. This was the time that God changed the length of time that, the, that man lived. Noah, at the time uh, that he started to build the ark, was 500 years old. The flood started when he was 600 and ended when he was 601. Uh, Methuselah lived 929 years or 32-something, a long time. And thinking back on that today, when I got to this part of the passage, I'm 62 years old, and I was thinking, man, there's some days I can barely get out of bed. My knees hurt, my ankles hurt, and everything seems to hurt. I just can't imagine being 500 and building an ark like Noah built, but uh, the lesson in that, I think, is that God took care of them. God allowed their bodies to age differently than ours do, and God took care of the men at the time, and that's just what God's plan was and then God changed his plan and uh, we're limited to 120 years and uh, you know even at that 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 makes me think well I'm just barely over halfway there and uh, I wonder how my knees are going to hurt when if I'd make it to 120 but continuing on in the story back to scripture uh, verse 5 When the Lord saw that human wickedness was widespread on the earth and that every inclination of the human mind was nothing but evil all the time, the Lord regretted that he had made man on the earth and he was deeply grieved. Then the Lord said, I will wipe mankind, whom I created, off the face of the earth, together with the animals, creatures that crawl, and birds of the sky, for I regret that I made them. Noah, however, found favor with the Lord. Going back to verse 7, this is the, this is the basis of, the, of what your mom used to tell you. I brought you in this world and I'll take you out. And that's basically what God was saying here. Verse 14. These are the instructions for Noah about the ark. Make yourself an ark of gopher wood. Make rooms in the ark and cover it with pitch inside and out. Pitch was kind of a tar substance that would have given it buoyancy. This is how you are to make it. The ark will be... A certain amount long. Some translations use an 18 inch cubit. A cubit was actually the distance from the elbow to the tip of the middle finger. Some use an 18 inch cubit. That would make a 450 foot long boat. Others use a 24 inch cubit and that would have made the boat 600 feet long. Uh, we don't really know which uh, Noah used. 75 feet wide and 45 feet high. You're to make a roof finishing the sides of the arc to within 18 inches of the roof. You are to put a door in the side of the ark. Make it with lower, middle, and upper decks. We're going to come back to that that passage where it says, You are to put a door in the side of the ark. God gave Noah and his family and the animals a door to go through in order to get on the ark and be saved. There is also one door for us to walk through to be saved. And that's the door that enters where Jesus is. Understand that I'm bringing a flood, flood floodwaters on the earth, to destroy every creature under heaven with the breath of life in it. Everything on earth will perish. But I will establish my covenant with you, and you will enter the ark with your sons, your wife, and your sons' wives. You are also to bring into the ark two of all the living creatures, male and female, to keep them alive with you. Two of everything. Take with them every kind of food that is eaten. gathered as food for you and for them. And Noah did this. He did everything that God had commanded him. Noah undertook this process, which, by the way, he was about 500 when he started building, and the flood started when he was 600. This took him a while. Uh, whether it's, it's, it's probably not 100 years like our 100 years would be, but even thinking in terms of the thirds or, or ninths, it would have taken a significant part of his lifetime to build this. Going into Genesis 7 now. Seven days from now, I will make it rain on the earth for 40 days and 40 nights, and every living thing I've made, I'll wipe off the face of the earth. And Noah did everything the Lord commanded him in the face of some incredible circumstances. Noah didn't live right on the border of the ocean, Noah lived inland and there had never been a flood. For God to say, I'm going to bring a flood, Noah would have had to, to some degree, had said, well I don't, I don't even know what a flood is. I've never seen one in my lifetime, especially not of this magnitude. Noah really stepped out in faith. Noah was 600 years old when the flood came and water covered the earth. And then down to chapter 7, verse 11. In the 600th year of Noah's life, in the second month, on the 17th day of the month, on that day, all the sources of the vast watery depths burst open. Uh, Back in those times, it's thought that most of the water for the vegetation came from springs, so that most of the water that started with the flood was just the springs bursting forth. And there's some commentators that think there was sort of a, a covering like a canopy and the springs would produce enough humidity that the water would drip down off the canopy and that would breathe the water from heaven that was helping. The floodgates of the sky were opened and the rain fell on the earth 40 days and 40 nights. He wiped out every living thing that was on the face of the earth from mankind to livestock to creatures that crawled to the birds of the sky and they were wiped off the earth. Only Noah was left and those that were with him in the ark. And the water surged on the earth 150 days. And then into Genesis chapter 8 starting in verse 1. God remembered Noah as well as all the wildlife and all the livestock that were with him in the ark. God caused a wind to pass over the earth and the water began to subside. The sources of the watery depths and the floodgates of the sky were closed and the rain from the sky stopped. The rain began to recede then and by the end of 150 days it had decreased significantly. The ark came to rest in the seventh month on the 17th day of the month on the mountains of Ariat. And then it talks a little bit about the time that it took for everything to dry up. You can imagine... uh, the mud puddle that this would have been. And then um, the everything dried up, God sent uh, Noah sent out the dove, brought back an olive branch and then sent out a dove and it didn't return. So Noah knew everything was okay to go out. By the 27th day of the second month, the earth was dry and then God says, spoke to Noah, come out of the ark, you, your wife, your sons and your sons' wives with you. Bring out all the creatures, they will spread over the earth, be fruitful and multiply. So Noah with his family came out, and all the animals came out. Noah built an altar to the Lord, uh, did a burnt offering, and when the Lord smelled the pleasing aroma, he said to himself, I will never again curse the ground because of human beings, even though the inclination of the human heart is evil from youth onward, and I will never again strike down every living thing as I have done. As long as the earth endures, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, and day and night will not cease. That's a promise from God. We will always have seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer, winter, and day and night. Now, sometimes, like we're going through right now in in most of Texas, certainly in central Texas, and a lot of parts of our country, we're not getting any rain, it's horribly dry. And then parts of the country are just getting flooding rain. And those poor people are suffering from that. But this is just one of God's promises in verse 22. And then in chapter 9, verse 1, God blessed Noah and his sons and said to them, Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. That's the story of Noah. So let's see what the rest of the story is. Let's pray. Father God, just thank you for... God, thank you for men of crazy faith like Noah. Thank you for a guy that having no idea what a massive flood was, having really no idea what this huge boat would turn out like, uh, and and certainly no idea what was going to happen uh, after the event was over, he stepped out in faith anyway. Uh, and he stepped out because you told him to, and and he responded. God, just, I just wish I could have, that we could all have crazy faith like Noah had. God, just speak to the people today. Let me have the right words to use. And God, we look forward to going a little deeper into the story today. God, thank you for Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. So at the time, there was a fellow that lived in from A.D. 37 to about A.D. 100. His name was Flavius Josephus, and he was a Jewish historian. He was not a Christ follower. He was not a Christian, did not consider himself that, but he documented the goings-on that had happened in Jesus's life and in the, the time from 37 to 100 A.D. He documented accurately the things that happened uh, in the Jewish culture. This is from the works of Josephus. This is from chapter 3 subchapter two. This is Josephus's documentation of Noah and the flood. These are Josephus' words. Now God loved this man for his righteousness, yet he not only condemned those other men for their wickedness, but determined to destroy the whole race of mankind and to make another race that should be pure from wickedness. And cutting short their lives and making their years not so many as they formerly lived, but 120 only, he turned the dry land into sea. And thus were all these men destroyed, but Noah alone was saved. For God suggested to him the following contrivance and way of escape. It's interesting, Josephus thought the ark was a contrivance. That he, Noah, should make an ark of four stories high, 300 cubits long, 50 cubits broad, and 30 cubits high. Accordingly, he entered into that ark and his wife and sons and their wives and put into it not only other provisions to support their wants there, but also sent in with the rest of all sorts of living creatures, the male and his female, for the preservation of their kinds, and others of them by sevens. Now this ark had firm walls and a roof and was braced with crossbeams so that it could not be in any way drowned or overborne by the violence of the water, and thus was Noah and his family preserved. Now he was the tenth from Adam. Noah was the tenth generation down from Adam as being the son of Lamech, whose father was Methuselah. He was the son of Enoch, the son of Jared, and Jared was the son of Melil, who with many of his sisters were the children of Canaan, the son of Enos. Now Enos was the son of Seth, the son of Adam." That was Josephus's documentation of this story, and there are people, uh, probably even still today, that say the story of the ark was just a fictitious, made-up story. Well. I don't think it is. It's in God's Word, and God's Word is true. But even extra-biblical sources, historians like Josephus, documented this occurrence and this event. And Josephus clearly thought it was true. So what does the ark, what does this story have to add for us? What does the building of the ark tell us? Well, first off, there was a command from God to Noah to build command to build. And God will do this in our lives too. There's times God will just tell us there's something that we need to do. Noah listened, will we? Uh, The command to build in Genesis 6, 14. Make yourself an ark of gopher wood, make rooms in the ark and cover it with pitch inside and outside. So God commanded Noah to build and Noah stepped out in faith and built just like God told him to. Secondly, the ark had a purpose for Noah and his family. In verses uh, chapter six, verses seventeen, eighteen, God says, "Understand that I'm bringing a flood, flood waters on the earth, to destroy every creature under heaven with the breath of life in it. Everything on earth will perish." That that would have had to have been upsetting to Noah. Noah would have had to have pondered on that. But considering that he had a hundred years to finish the ark, he had plenty of time to ponder. So then in verse 18, but I will establish my covenant with you, and you will enter the ark with your sons, your wife, and your sons' wives. And then we know the rest of the story that, that everything came out okay. Not only did the building of the ark mean something for Noah to test his faith, and not only did the ark provide a covering for Noah, the ark also had a purpose for the animals in Genesis six nineteen. You're also to bring into the ark two of all the living creatures, male and female, to keep them alive with you. So the ark had lots of things, not only was it a huge great ship, or really more likely a huge great box. It really wasn't much of a ship, it was more of just a floating box. It, it had purposes, but purposes fulfilled uh, for Noah, to protect Noah's family, and then also for the animals. The flood that came also had some purposes, the ark and the flood combined together. The first purpose was that Noah obeyed God. Noah did what God told him to do in Genesis 7, 5. And Noah did everything that the Lord commanded him. The ark also served its purpose. This was a vessel, this was a tool, to use Josephus' words, this was a contrivance that had a purpose. And in Genesis 7 and 17, the flood continued for 40 days on the earth, the water increased and lifted up the ark so that it rose above the earth. Noah wouldn't have had any idea going into this whether or not not this big box that he built would float. He he wouldn't have known for sure. Uh, Except God told him it would. And Noah again stepped out in faith because of God's promise that the box would float. You know there may be times you get a promise from God and you think I just don't know if that's gonna work out. If it's a promise from God your box will float. Just remember that. There is significance of the ark elsewhere in Scripture. There it sort of serves as an instance of judgment in Matthew 24 38 to 39. For in those days before the flood they were eating and drinking marrying and giving in marriage until the day Noah boarded the ark. They didn't know until the flood came and then swept them all away. This is the way the coming of the Son of Man will be. The people at the time didn't know God was going to do this, and they were acting like fools. And Jesus is going to come back one day, and he's going to catch a whole bunch of people acting like fools. And they're going to be just as surprised about what happens as the people were in Noah's time. So what does that mean for us? We need to know how to not be surprised. We need to use that door, just like that door on that ark that protected Noah and his family and the animals. We need to use the door God's given us. We need to step through that door and take Jesus' hand and make him our Savior so that we're not surprised. The ark was an example of faith. Uh, I love this passage of Scripture, and there's lots of commentators that write on this passage. This is Hebrews Eleven seven. 7. By faith Noah, after he was warned about what was not yet seen and motivated by godly fear, built an ark to deliver his family. By faith he condemned the world and became an heir of the righteousness that comes by faith. By faith Noah, after he was warned about what was not yet seen, there are some commentators that say that it had never rained in Noah's lifetime. And I don't know if we can go that far. I think there is some historical evidence that most of the water did come from the springs, so that may have been the primary source of water. I think really what this, what this means, uh, warned about what was not yet seen, is an example of what was going to happen in this event. Noah would not have known the enormity of a flood like this, and he really probably wouldn't have been able to get his head around really what was going to happen to all the people and all the animals. Um, he had not never seen it but stepping out in faith for what was not yet seen but was motivated by God. Noah stepped out in faith to do that. God announced that he would do something unprecedented in Noah's experience and in Noah's contemporaries experience. God was going to do something they didn't know what was going to happen. What did Noah do? He took God at his word. He took God at his word and he showed that he did so by making practical preparations against the day when that word would come true. Noah didn't, didn't tell God no. Noah didn't say, well, God, you know, I could, man, 300 cubits. That's a lot of cubits. How about I make it 100 cubits? You know, that's what we'd do, right? We'd bargain with God. We'd say, God, we kind of think it ought to be this way. So we're just going to do that, and you just bless that for us. Well, that's not what Noah did. Noah did exactly what God told him to do. Noah's faith supplied the proof of things not yet seen. The building of an ark far inland must have seemed absurd. You can just imagine uh, there is an old radio parody of, about God talking to Noah about doing this, and it's, um, you know, sadly real politically incorrect. The person that did it, and um, I'm not recommending that, but um, it, it's still just hilarious about the conversation that God had with Noah, um, and Noah's neighbors taunting him about what he was doing. And Noah's response, like, yeah, y'all, you guys just hang around and wait and see, because God told me what's going to happen, and y'all going to get it. Noah's faith was vindicated, and their unbelief was condemned. Through his faith, he put the whole world in the wrong. Hebrews 11, 1 to 3. Now, faith is the reality of what is hoped for, the proof of what is not yet seen. For by this our ancestors were approved. By faith we understand that the universe was created by the word of God, so that what is seen was made from things that are not visible. There are things that go around us, on around us and things that we see, see that we just can't figure out. But what we have to remember is that there is a God that's in control, and God can see and God understands everything that goes on around us. God created us from nothingness, and God created everything around us from nothingness. When we look at the things around us, even when it's dry and ugly like it is now, it's still just amazing to me that God put all that together for us to give us something to see. Uh, And so that we could praise God in the goings and, and doings of what we do. No one at this time had seen or anticipated judgment through a flood, but Noah saw it by faith. What's God asking you to do in your life? What's God asking you to do, even though it's something not yet seen, something that you may not even truly really understand? What is God asking you to do by faith? And what are you going to do? Uh, Noah did what Noah needed to do Noah did something that took him a hundred years to complete when God knocks on the door and asks you to do something by faith maybe we ought to open the door and say you betcha God we're on it let's pray father God just thank you for today God, thank you for everything that you created, including me, Michael here with me filming today, Matt that will do the editing, and everybody around. Thank you for those nice fellows in there grinding the floor in the sanctuary. God, thank you for everybody that's watching. And God, thank you for everything around us. Thank you, God, for the blessings that you give us. God, just give us faith. Give us courage that when you give us an assignment, we can have the faith of Noah that we'll say, Yes, God. You will have our yes before you ever ask. God, let us be those kind of people and emulate the life of Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. I hope you enjoyed the story of Noah today, and I hope this is helpful. Have a great week.